Hey guys, welcome back to On the Couch with X Nanny Q, season two. To everybody out there, I truly want to say thank you for all the love and support you have given me over the last year. You guys have truly went over and beyond with the love. I appreciate everybody listening to every episode. Y'all be showing out. Y'all be sharing stuff. Y'all be commenting and everything. Y'all make me feel so special. Like what I'm doing is really making a difference. And I really hope it is. So let's jump right into it. Um, You guys know the water in in the background. That is my water fountain. Nobody, somebody emailed me and was like, I was listening to your podcast and I was distracted from the stream in the back. That's my waterfall. That's to help me relax because I still get nervous doing this. Okay. So thank you. That's just my waterfall. Now I feel like I got to make that announcement every time I upload a video. (laughs) Yeah, it's just my waterfall. That's it. So (laughs) let's jump right into it. So on season two, we're going to focus a lot on parenthood. The first season we got in with a lot of daycare stories. Now it's time to get in to parenthood. That's the reason why I made the whole thing. And I throw in some stories for y'all because I like y'all. Okay. Okay. So somebody asked me, um, was I ready to be a parent when I became a parent? And the first thing I told them was, hell no. I was 17. I wasn't ready for anything. I was mentally broken, spiritually broken, physically broken. I was just a wreck. Um, I had so much stuff going on that I didn't know what to do. And when I found out I was pregnant, I had family family members were like, oh, we're going to get an abortion. We ain't doing it. Like literally took me to the clinic. And when they found out that I was so far along because I was still having my period the whole time I was pregnant, um, they were mad. So I had a lot of people in my family upset that I was pregnant. You're 17. It was a lot. And excuse me. Yeah, I burped. <laughs> and I'm not re-recording this. Uh, <laughs> but Being 17 and being pregnant was one of those, oh my God, my life is over because that's what they teach you. You get pregnant, you're not married, your life is over. You guys, that was probably everything that people told me when I was pregnant, I allowed those words to take over my life for over 20 years and none of it was true. I had my son May 2nd, 1998, turned around, had my daughter June 16th, 1999. And everybody was like, oh, you messing up your life. You keep having these. I mean, it was bad. I was so broken that I had put into my head, I'll never get married because no man wants a ready-made family because that's all I kept hearing. Nobody want a ready-made family. Don't nobody want this. Don't nobody want that. I heard it so much that I took the words from my family and made them me. And I should have never mixed what they were telling me into my own daily self-hate that I had already had. 
So me dealing with, I don't want to be here anymore. I got two kids. I'm getting beat up every day. Like, do I kill myself now? Like, it was so much going through my mind. And I remember praying all the time. And I was like, God, why me? Why did I have to be the one to have the kids early? Like, what did I do that I had to have the kids early? I had to have family talk bad to me. I had to have this. I had to have that. And I kept on hearing, why not you? What makes you so special that it doesn't happen to you? And for so long, I stood on the why not you, queen? What makes you so special that it can't happen to you that's all I will always say when things happen you know you ain't special so why not why not you ain't special you ain't special and I told myself that for so long that even when I found my husband I still felt like I didn't deserve love even when I was walking down the aisle I felt like I should have been running out the church because who needs to love me when my own daddy doesn't love me were the thoughts that were going through my head who wants to be around me when I had two kids before 21 you barely have an education where the things that were going through my head you work at a gas station nobody you ain't got nothing going for yourself it all of those thoughts were things that would go through my head every day for 20 years. If I could go back to 18-year-old queen, I would politely tell her, don't listen to any of them, baby. You gonna make it better and faster than all of them. What you're doing in your 40s, they still ain't doing. So don't listen to the hate. They're trying to distract you to keep you from where God purpose has you. That's what I would tell myself. Because now nobody can tell me that my kids were a mistake. Nobody could tell me that the abuse was a mistake. It grew me to what I want, what I would not tolerate, my boundaries. I literally had to, you know, like on Alice in Wonderland, she falls down a hole to find her wonderland. I fell down that hole so I could find my wonderland. And once I found my wonderland, so many things that I thought were the storms that I was in that were meant to kill me, they were meant to grow me so I can help other people. God would never let me fail. Y'all, I tried. I tried. He was like, no, baby, come on, keep going. I was like, I'm tired. I'm working two, three jobs. The guy who signed my kid's birth certificate wasn't about nothing. And it was my fault. I knew he wasn't about nothing, but I was trying to make it work because everybody kept telling me, you got to have a two-parent household. You young, black, you got to have a two-parent household. It's already bad that y'all got two kids. Stay with it. It'll get better. You know, that's how me and I no, that's not how the men in my family were. That's not how my granddaddy was. I, and if he was, I didn't see it because he didn't do it around me. That's not how my uncles were because if they were, they didn't do it around me. So the abuse was new. And one day I was talking to my mom and she said, your dad was abusive. I said, oh yeah, let me go ahead and cut this cycle now because I'll be damned if anybody touches my daughter, if anybody touches my son, let me stop this cycle so I got uncomfortable and moved 600 miles away to Atlanta. I think it's six, three, 
Is it three or six? It's something. It's it's fall. <laughs> I moved to Atlanta. Uh, I had $78 in my pocket from a child support check, and I left. Mm-hmm. And I moved here, and I was like, okay, we're going to do something. Anything is better than nothing. Um, I end up staying with um, my auntie's best friend. Her name is Nichelle. Um, actually, she named me. She gave me my middle name. So if my auntie Nichelle is listening to this, I truly appreciate you for pushing me. You would not let me fail. And I thank you so much for that. You have no idea how much you mean to me. You would not. And when I say y'all, she would not let me fail. This lady, uh-uh, come on, we're going to do this. Oh, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Oh, I'm, my auntie would not let me fail. And every day that she texts me, she's married and lives in Jamaica now. Uh, <laughs> anytime she texts me, she say, baby, I am so proud of you, queen. And to have my aunties tell me how proud they are of me, I'm about to cry now, but <laughs> it's that I didn't let what the enemy thought was for my bad. It actually turned to my good because I didn't give up. So if you're listening, anybody, I know it's the you know thing to say, don't give up, but I am a wit. Let me see. I am a witness of, and not no, I'm not a witness. I am a overcomer of a lot of things and because I overcame so much so many different blessings were placed in my life because I didn't give up I remember I would get checks in the mail out the blue like where the hell this shit come from but it was just enough for me to be able to pay all my bills for the month I remember uh <laughs> I was talking to this guy and he was like, uh, can you run a car for me and I give you the cash for it? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I was young, <laughs> 25, 26. And um, I rented the car for him and he was like, um, I'm going to put the money in your account. Give me your debit card and I'll just go to the ATM and put it in. I was like, okay, cool. Not only did he try to take money out of my account, and when I got an alert that said, um, your pen for withdrawal was declined. Oh, baby, I called the car in stolen and my card, and they had him on video. Yeah, you tried me. You tried to withdraw money out of my account. You didn't go to the deposit. You went to the withdrawal. So you, yeah, and because of that text message, that was the only thing that kept me from going to jail because he used that car in a robbery. Yep. They were able to see the security camera to see that I was never in the car because he said I was in the car. That's why he had my debit card. Um, And once I got that alert, I was like, where's my credit card? Where's my debit card at? Bring me that rental car back. No, you trying me, bring me my stuff. And he wouldn't respond. I had texts and texts and texts. So when the police came to my house and were asking me if I knew him and what was going on, I told them I had rented me a car because my car was messed up. And he told me he was going to the, um, deposit some money in um, my bank account. 
I said, and he went to try to withdraw some money. And I asked him, why are you trying to withdraw money out of my account? You don't need my um, number to deposit money. You just give it to them. You give them my card and you give them the money. It was so much. But because your girl was, you know, kind of hood still. Well, you know, I'm still hood. <laughs> um, And because the grace that was over my life, y'all, I ain't go to jail. I could have went to jail for that. But because I was texting so much, because I was, I was worried anyway, but because I kept texting and kept texting, oh, that saved me. And me not being in that car, he had robbed a store and then he went to the ATM. He messed himself up because he was like, oh, she was in the car the whole time. Uh, she was doing this. They were like, no, she wasn't. We have her on no security cameras, not at the bank. It was only you in the car. That saved me. And the only reason I didn't go with him was because I wanted to take a nap. If something came over me and I was like, uh-uh, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to take a nap. I, I say, God said, put her to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then when he left, it was like, mm, I, ain't, I thought I was tired. Let me go ahead and clean up and do some stuff around the house. Yep. God has saved me so many times. And I thank him daily that I didn't give up because I could have gave up. And whoever you pray to, that's fine with me as long as you're praying to a higher person to help you out spiritually. I don't care who it is you pray to. Don't give up. It's so, and I'm going to say it, it's so easy to give up because we live in a society where, oh, yeah, you know, give up. Just just give up. No. Everybody's ready to tell you to give up, but nobody's telling you that when you work hard for it, you realize how amazing you are as a person because of your own strength, the things that you went through. Every time I talk to my mentees or a group of women about domestic violence, I, I no longer relive that story because it's not attached to me anymore because I decided to heal from it. I didn't fix it. I started healing. And with me healing from the problem, it made me feel like everything that I went through was all like, whoa. You went through all of that so somebody else that's in their 20s don't have to take that long road like you because you can help them. You didn't give up. I was like, wow. So even being a young parent, um, moving to a different state, working, taking care of the kids, single mom, all of it, something kept me pushing my babies. My kids' voices and laughs kept me pushing. Even when I had only been asleep for four hours and I had to get up and go to work because I had just got off my night job and I still had to go to my morning job. My kids laughing in the kitchen would wake me up. And half of the time I probably was fussing. You know, I just got home. <laughs> but them laughing always did me good. Hearing my kids say how amazing their childhood was lets me know that I stopped so many generational curses. Oh my God, hearing my kids saying, you know, having my, my friends spend the night and us being able to do this and us being able to do that. 
they didn't know that we had so much lack of money because I made it stretch. Oh, y'all want to go to pizza? Let's go on Wednesday because kids eat free. <laughs> I did all of that. And I'm here to tell you, set your boundaries early. Be honest with yourself daily. Believe in yourself daily. Have boundaries. And I'm going to say that probably four, five more times. Have boundaries. And don't listen to the negative things people say about you. Because actually they're probably saying those things so they can throw you off track. So you don't become your greatest. I'm speaking from experience, I promise. So was I ready to be a parent? Nope. Did I know what I was doing? Nope. When did I really start knowing what I was doing when I became a parent? Probably the last five years. And my kids 23 and 24. So when you make mistakes, it's okay. When things don't go your way or the baby just won't get that schedule, I promise you it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Give yourself the same grace and mercy that you give others. Because it's okay. I promise you it is. The baby cried for 30 to 45 minutes because you didn't hear them because you was in the deep sleep because you ain't had sleep in 72 hours. It's okay. You can laugh about it because that baby probably slept good because they had been crying for so long. I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> it's okay. Getting your lights cut off because you had to buy diapers and formula and you were only $15 short. From your light bill. And you couldn't ask nobody. Because you knew they were going to throw it in your face. So you let your lights get cut off for three days. Just until you got paid on Friday. So you wouldn't have to ask anybody for $15. It's okay. I'm speaking from experience. You couldn't find nobody to keep your kids. So you had to ask your neighbor. Can the kids come over in the morning so they can ride the bus? Because I don't want them at home by themselves. And finding out later that they missed the bus one time and they had to go to that same neighbor to get a ride to school. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm speaking from experience. I did so much to make sure that I didn't have to ask anybody for anything because I was a young, single, black mother of two. All the odds were against me. That's what I thought. <laughs> I did because of everything people said to me. Do you know how amazing it feels that they have to eat their words of all of the negative things they said about me. Even some of the stuff I never reacted to. And I want, oh, believe me, babe, I wanted to. Oh, good poop, poop, poop. But I didn't. Do you know how amazing it feels that I didn't give them the satisfaction of getting out of character? 
Now they have to eat their words. Everybody who said you will never be anything because those kids will ruin your life. To everybody who ever said, oh, she didn't got her car repoed. She didn't had this done. She didn't had this done. She done been evicted. She can't have nothing. She ain't going to never be nothing. You got to eat your words. I've lost apartments. I've lost cars. I've lost jobs. Uh, I've lost friends. I've lost family. And I don't feel bad for none of it. I feel like every person and thing has a season. Horrible credit. Now I'm in the 800s. For the first time in my life, I am mentally happy. That's because I took my life back. Did a cleanse with it. Rebirthed it. Told myself, this is what we're doing from this point on. We're not going back to anything else. Worked on healing, not fixing, but healing myself from pain, from childhood, relationships, father issues, everything. Healed myself from all of that. Now the things that people try to throw in my face because they're not attached to me anymore. I be like, man, I do remember that. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I ain't even think I was going to make it out of there. Look at me now. Okay, boo, let me go. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up. If you don't do anything else, heal. When I tell you, once you start healing, man, the sky is just a little bluer. The wind is just a little crispier. The water tastes better. The sex is better. The mental health is freaking amazing. Like healing, it, it do something to you. The things that used to bother me, baby, when I tell you, I be like, oh, okay. I no longer give it my energy. My energy is to find my next investment. My energy is to finish writing my book. My energy is to love my grandson, uh, my granddaughters. That's what my energy does. And so I have one biological grandson. His name is AJ. And I have three, um, I guess you can say God granddaughters. Because all of their parents are my babies. And uh, Legacy is three. Uh, McKinsley is still a baby. And my other baby, her mama ain't named her yet. So she's doing August around her mama's birthday. I still can't believe that. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I am full grandmama. And, y'all, I love it. It ain't nothing, none of my, my babies call me all day, mama, uh, she doing this, she doing that. I get pictures all day long. I'm laughing. I'm working. I am enjoying life. I'm not just living anymore. I am making memories and enjoying life. I'm having lunch with my daughter when she off. I make time to do that. I'm FaceTiming my son just to make sure he good because he works out of town. He's a private chef. So he's always traveling. 
yeah, baby, I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to get the baby. Yeah, I yeah, I got this. Yeah, I do this, blah, blah, blah. Because I see he's making himself, you know, better for his child. And I'm going to hold it down. I got you. But remember, I told y'all, people said, them kids going to ruin your life. That's the worst thing you ever did. My kids are my best friends. We have a text thread. We text every day. <laughs> when I tell you, if it was up to me, I would build a house next door and behind me and put my kids right there. So they can have their own house, but they'll still be next to me. So I can still see them on a regular basis. That's how much I enjoy the angels God allowed me to have this lifetime. I am over and above full of joy and gratitude daily. Don't give up. I promise you it gets so much better. The storms, baby, you're going to learn to get a raincoat, some rain boots, and an umbrella and dance in them. Don't give up. I, I, I wish it was more I could tell you guys on the reason why not to give up, even when you're living on Hill Street and you don't know what your next thing to do. I've been there. I speak from experience. Don't give up. That's why now I can sit in my home, my home that me and my husband purchased. I'm a first time home buyer at 40. I have a nice house on an acre of land and I'm praying that God gives me the acre next door will not give me. I'm able to purchase the acre that's next door and behind my house. I mean, I know my kids don't want to live right there. <laughs> but it'll still be nice to have a house for my family to come in when my family's in town. They can just stay in one of those houses. And maybe I can rent out the other one. These are the things that I think about now. I don't think about the what else. I don't, you know, I, I take that back. I might still overthink about certain things, especially like finances. I, I'm a Capricorn, y'all. I always overthink about my finances. So <laughs> um, I don't overthink as much. I believe in myself a whole lot more. And... The gratitude that I give the universe, oh my God, it's like as soon as I give the universe gratitude for something, it turns around and triples something financial, financially in my life. Like the more gratitude and the more love that I put out, even when I don't react like I used to to situations that come up now because I kept failing those tests now I pass them um I feel like the universe repays me with grace mercy joy uh, more gratitude I'm 41 in my right mind I take no medicine just vitamins I have an amazing a uh, holistic doctor I'm healthy. I can walk four miles every day. I have love. I give love. Everything around me is growing. 
I'm wealthy. I ain't lying, y'all. I'm prophesying. I'm telling you, don't give up. You can change your whole life by changing the way that you think. When I change the way that I think about stuff, my whole life started changing, y'all. And I ain't even going to lie. I got a spiritual coach. I started working on myself. I started writing and journaling and getting stuff out of my head that people had said to me for so many years. I started writing down the stuff that people did to me, uh, the hurt, the pain, the stuff I don't share with other people. I wrote all of it down. I wrote it all down. I got it all out of me. I wrote a letter to five-year-old me, 10-year-old me, 15, 21, 25, and 30-year-old me, and 35-year-old me. I wrote letters to all of them, apologizing for being so hard on myself because that's what I thought I was supposed to do was be hard on myself. I thought I was supposed to make everybody happy, but I'm happy I changed. Don't give up. Thank you for listening to season two of Axe Nanny Q.